This is Art Town, and I'm your host, Justin Baker. How are you doing? Um, what's going on with you? I hope everything's okay. Uh, you could be listening to this, and maybe you're brining something, or maybe something is uh, in the oven, or maybe you're driving somewhere. You're going someplace special, and uh, that's okay. Or maybe you're nervous about where you're going. Uh, maybe you don't want to see who you're going to see. That's a thing that happens, I feel like, this time of year. But uh, I got something for you. This month, my guest is David Greenberger. And uh, I went back in time for this one um, because uh, David, uh, you probably know, is is an amazing artist, right? Um, you may know him as a, a writer uh, or an interviewer or a musician or a painter or somebody who makes collages. Um, he does all these things and he does them all really well. And uh, how I was uh, introduced to uh, David was uh, through his, um, well, see, now I'm going to call it a zine, but he corrects me in the interview and you're going to hear he doesn't correct me. He just kind of says, well, I think of it like this. So um, he thinks of it as a, like a artist book, which is cool. So anyways, that book or zine or whatever it is, uh, is, was, and will be uh, the duplex planet. And that that's how I met uh, David through that weird little, artist book that came out. And um, how did I meet it? Um, well, a friend uh, showed it to me and I was uh, completely like baffled by it. And, um, but I was um, immensely interested in what this thing could be because there was humor to it. Uh, it was absurd. Um, and uh, what else was it? I don't know. There was. It was just this. It feel like. It felt like. Excuse me. Um, like this thing that kind of came from another planet, and that planet was the duplex planet, and uh, it was a planet that David was on. I guess you could say. So my friend Josh, uh, he showed it to me, and he he was like, you know, this guy lives in Greenwich, Greenwich, New York. That's where I I grew up. And uh, I came to find out David lived there. And I was like, holy crap, are you serious? Um, and he's like, yeah, check it out. This is like this kind of monumental thing. So we poured over it. Um, and we kept pouring over it as it would come out. And I don't know, I don't remember where Josh was getting it. I think he was buying it at maybe a bookstore or a record store. I'm not sure in Saratoga. Um but somehow he he nabbed one and and continued to nab him, and he he was like, you know, he was a funny guy because he he be, he would get really passionate about kind of all these things, and uh, you know I was I was with Josh in a band 
that's that was our connection and we were we were great friends so you know it was it was these worlds combining because his other passion and soon to be mine or was mine already was the figs so there was this david greenberger and this figs connection i, I don't know what that is i should ask david when when we were talking i brought it up but it, we kind of glossed over it like what was going on there um and then uh you know it was funny we we would drive up and down main street josh and i and occasionally we we would see david walk into the post office and uh and he would he would get so excited he'd be like there he is you know, he's going to the post office to to mail out the duplex planet or whatever he was doing um it was really was funny. And then to, to take it a step further, so I get a job at a little restaurant in town called 111 as a dishwasher. And David, I don't know if he was already or what happened, but he starts, you know, to have a relationship with a waitress there. So then he's coming in and then I actually get to meet him and Josh becomes, and he's like, oh my God, what is he like? Or, you know, all these things. And it just kind of became like this, this, like, I don't know. I felt like as a young kid, again, I'm like 17, maybe 16, um, totally, uh, with a, I don't want to say hatred, but you know, I was really, didn't like living in a small town. I, I, you know, I, I didn't know where I fit in. I was playing music. I was starting to do a lot of painting and drawing and, you know, Josh is, is pointing me into to things that are cool. And I'm like, oh, yes, that is, that is cool. Somehow he knew all these things. He had an older brother, probably helped. And um, I get this job at this, like, cool restaurant that's new. And my boss there, Kathy, she, she's giving me tapes of things to listen to. And, you know, she turned me on to David Bowie and the Velvet Underground. And, you know, it was just, it was all these awesome things. And suddenly, you know, and, and David's part of it, you know, all of a sudden, like, I feel like, wow, I'm around like this, like, little, like, cool community that's like not Greenwich, right? From, you know, it's not like this, you know, agricultural conservative community all of a sudden it's like oh there's these things right and they have tentacles and they branch out and there's a there's a there's a life outside of what i was thinking was going on and uh there's hope i guess there is hope um and suddenly you know going to high school i didn't feel like you know, uh, just this awkward kid, you know, which I think deep down I still am, but I was like this, you know, I started to see myself as like this emerging artist, <laughs> which is so absurd, but it gave me hope. I was like, okay, you know, all this other bullshit at school is bullshit. Fuck it. You know, I don't give a shit. Uh, I'm just going to care about what I care about. And that was art 
and music and you know uh i don't give a shit about geometry i don't care about you know chemistry all those things they just fell aside i didn't you know it didn't matter um you know which in hindsight maybe that's stupid uh, maybe i was just an idiot uh i probably was you know but it gave me a place and uh it gave me hope and just that little sliver of seeing this like very you know particular kind of artist you know which david is right um and he he made something for himself and that gave me hope. So here we are. Um, enjoy our conversation. thought of i thought of you um because of like the drawings and stuff that mm -hmm. you've been doing and then um i was in my studio and for whatever reason this was like hanging out there um and i was like oh that was just so fascinating um the duplex planet zine that i was like i had some questions about that so yeah. do you mind if we no, like no. talk about that and then um yeah, I was, I actually like, I was curious with, um, your, uh, I, I didn't know this. I had read just recently that you went to school for painting. Mm -hmm. So when I started seeing like the drawings come out that you were doing and promoting and selling and everything, uh, on your website and that I was like, oh, that seemed like a new thing, but it's really not. Like it's not a new thing, for, right? Yeah, for you, yeah. Like it was a return to it, though. I had yeah. consciously stopped visual art when I started. Yeah, what became the Duplex Planet, which I started in '79. Yeah. I was out of art school for a couple of years, and I was actually painting uh, in earnest. I was, you know, yeah. I had I had some real stuff, you know, yeah, I, yeah. and and um, I um, it overlapped with starting the duplex planet, but at some point I felt like somehow the duplex planet in some way was like, um, fit me like a better, better fitting suit of clothes or something. Yeah. It felt like me, but yeah. I didn't quite know what it was. Um, and it was a, a stranger thing to say, this is my art, but I felt like it was my voice. Right. Right. Um, but I felt like as if I was also had this other outlet of mm -hmm. painting, um, that, I wouldn't fully explore it because I, it, it would be a secondary, it would be a, a, a parallel thing. Yeah. And I, I needed to have no other outlet. I just needed yeah. to like have this be my voice. Yeah. So I consciously like stopped painting. Yeah. And, um, so what, where did, I guess we're going to start now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for, yeah. for doing this. Sure. This is great. This is like a really, um, a fun thing for me. Uh, also because I'll tell you like, um, because you live in, we're in Greenwich right now and that's where you live. And, and that's where I, I first met you as a, a high school student. 
um, when I was a dishwasher and, um, uh, my friend, Josh Chambers, um, who passed away a couple of years ago was like, somehow he, he had copies of the duplex planet scene. I'm not sure how he got them. Maybe he got them in Saratoga. Or- yeah. I'm not sure. I remember when I met him somewhere. I mean, yeah. I was in a store and he came up and introduced himself and he seemed to be completely aware of what it was that yeah. I did. Um, and but, yeah. so he was like, wait, you, you've seen him. You, like, yeah. <laughs> he was like really in awe that I had like met you personally. And, you know, he was like, what is he like? And all this stuff. And for, as a high school kid, like you were like this, uh, artist guy that like, was just kind of like living in Greenwich and, and it was really for me and Josh, it was like really like a big deal. And it was like, it was kind of oh, funny. Wow. Yeah. So, and, oh, and then the figs connection, that's like what made oh, yeah. it even crazier because Josh was like a huge figs yeah. fan and he got me into him. And, um, the whole thing was just like really inspiring, I guess, for us, like that you were like an artist making a living, you know, living, just living in a little town and yeah. you know, my daughter going to school and <laughs> yeah. a few grades behind it like kind of blew our minds. Yeah. Um, I don't know if like at the time, if I under, I don't know if I quite got the duplex planet, but I knew it was cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's good. I mean, I feel like, um, I feel like art, um, it, at its best doesn't explain itself and might be a sort of time release thing. Yeah. It's not about um, consensus. Yeah. So not, you, you know, consensus is useful like at a uh, meetings and for operations of stuff and social sciences and all these things. You, we're going to, so we all agree, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't seek agreement on that. So yeah. if somebody finds their way in because they think that it's beatnik poetry, mm-hmm. that's fine too. Yeah, And then routinely now that, because there's a longer history of when I started this thing, like almost 45 years ago, I'll hear from people like that they, geez, you know, when my mother was uh, dying, it's like all of a sudden I was remembering that stuff and I felt like uh, I knew something more about it or something. Uh So there's something that just, you're planning things to happen later or, and I feel like it's about, Trusting that something will happen, but you're not going to know when. Uh-huh. Nobody's going to like pat you on the back right there yeah. or ever, you know? Right. But you just sort of know. It's like, well, I put it out there. And occasionally you'll hear from somebody. It's like, well, that that was great. That's why I did it. And so maybe there's other people that that happened to. And so yeah. I guess I serve some purpose while I'm alive. So. Right, right, yeah. So, well, here, I, I'm just curious about like what, um, when you, so growing up, it was, Pennsylvania, where you grew up? I grew up right? in Erie. Yeah. Erie, right. Yeah. And uh, what was it that like first made you want to go to art school? What, like what were your inklings oh. like even way back then? I'm kind of curious. Um, I, I was already sort of, you know, doing stuff in the arts, some of which I don't know that I would have thought of about being under mm-hmm. the umbrella, like conceptual art projects that I was doing in high school. Yeah. I wasn't assigning it that name. Okay. But they were all sort of the way I was taking in the world and putting it back out, you uh-huh. know, like keeping little notebooks where I, I was never a cigarette smoker, but a lot of friends were back then. So I would, ha- I would, I've got notebooks filled with people burning a hole and I'd write down their name and the date and the, uh, what kind of cigarette. 
Oh, funny. And, and at the time, it was just this thing. Oh, yeah, Dave's doing that thing. I got to burn a hole. But now it's sort of like, well, that's where I was. And that's who I was with on that day. Uh-huh. I, I don't need the con. It's like, oh. Um, so. Do, were I your just, parents into the arts? Or like, how did you? I like, think they well, they encouraged me. They did. Um, not knowing that the duplex planet would be art. I think they thought of art as paintings. You know? Yeah. So I, they did. Like, I took some kind of art class at the Uri Art Museum when I was six or something. Okay. And I remember they encouraged me to do that because at the end of the class semester or whatever it was, um, they said, they sat me down with some book, which I now know was a paperback book of a survey of American paintings. You know, know, it was like the greatest hits of paintings or something. Um, And they said, pick pick out one and we're going to get it print we're going to frame it it'll be in the house and that'll be yours when you grow up and that oh, was wow. uh, i picked out uh the peaceable kingdom by hicks okay and um it hung in the living room when we grew up they had it you know nicely framed and that uh-huh um so they were pushing you so they, well they, they encouraged they, I, you they encouraged it i don't yeah. think they they probably would have also been concerned about like you know making making a making a living, living and stuff <laughs> like that but um so they certainly didn't like stand in my way i think I I was torn between the arts, like the visual arts. I say art, but I, I mean the, the, the visual art and music because I played in bands mm-hmm. all through high school. Yeah. And so I just, I, I remember other friends were like thinking about where they were going to move and what they were doing. I was like, I don't know. I'm just playing in a band. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was thinking very far. Yeah. Um, and then the band was going to break up. So then I thought, oh, and actually I was playing in the, I finished high school, was in a band. So I just want to do this. And they said, well, you got to go to college. So I went to college mm-hmm. in, in Erie, Mercyhurst College, and majored in art there. It was just for that one year. Then the band broke up. What kind of music was it? Um, we were like, um, actually, it was, a, it was a good thing for me. I was in sort of more typical garage band stuff in mm-hmm. the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 10th grade. But in 11th grade, I got in this band of these guys who were like six years older and out of college. Oh, okay. Who were playing like three, four nights a week at ski lodges and bars and fraternity Mm -hmm. parties. So, and it played, you know, it was a cover, cover band. Oh, okay. Songs by, you know, the band and Neil Young and um, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, But it was a good sort of, wow, wow. I mean, this is a real working thing. Those guys were like eking out a living on it. I was in high school. Yeah. Um, And you were playing bass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then, uh, so then that band broke up. They all like wanted to make more than what they were making. I don't know. They continued on with their lives. <laughs> and, uh, but then I put together a band that was more sort of a creative entity and people were writing songs. And that's what I was doing then that first year after high school. Oh, okay. Then that band broke up. Um, and then my father's job at GE was, he was going to get a different job and they were going to move. Mm-hmm. They were happy to leave. Um, eerie, you know, they, uh, I was born in Chicago, but they were from there. So, um, so I thought I better get out of here. Um, um, cause I didn't know where they were going. So I went, I moved to Philadelphia and went to Temple University. Okay. Um, and that's where you went to art school? No, no. no. Okay. Uh, that was like, uh, my attempt at sort of like, I'll go away to college and I'll be like a art, uh, a student. And I was like, yeah, it didn't pan out. I, it was all these survey courses. I forget what I was Communication. I thought, okay. that, that's good. Communication, I'll do that. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what it meant. And so um, I quit after like a month. Oh, wow. I okay. didn't, I felt like this isn't, this isn't where I want to be or anything. And so I finished out the year that I got a job and I moved to Boston where I had a lot of friends. Oh, okay. I moved into an apartment there, got a job at a bookstore. 
and then did that for like a year or two. And I thought, do I want to study? I thought I could go study music. I could go to, there's Berkeley or there's like art school. Mm -hmm. And I, I wasn't playing music anymore, but I thought that's something I could like to do. And I thought, I don't think I'd like that. Mm -hmm. I thought as a bass player, I come out there, what do I, uh, there's some people who really want to do that and they'd be good at it. It's like, I think I wanted to deal with a bigger conceptual picture and be like, get a job in a cover band or, play in a late night TV show, like a band, whatever, whatever (laughs) jobs there are in that. And I just thought, I don't think I'd like that. I feel like I got something to say that's not that. Um, So I thought, well, I'll go to art school. And and so I got a degree in painting for whatever that's worth. And the art school was back in? Uh, That was in Boston. There was uh, Massachusetts College of Art. Oh, you okay. Mass Mass Art. Art. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. that's That's a great school. Um, but the, I almost, oh, I got in there out of high school, but I, I didn't go. Um, that's funny. But, um, so you go to art school and like, what's the, the, the painting like, or what, what do you, cause we were just talking, oh, you were yeah. talking about abstraction. Oh and, yeah. I mean, is that what, who, who are you looking at? I'm curious. Like what? Um, is, at the time I remember really liking, uh, Mark Toby. Mm-hmm. Um, and those kind of abstract and small line stuff. And, um, but then I also liked some people who did more, um, you know, overt figurative things. Um, and that ranged from, I don't know, Max Beckman to Max Ernst to, I was just sort of soaking it all in. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I did some things that were, yeah, I like Beckman's loose style and, uh, but then, yeah, so then I would do these paintings and our drawings and they were, I do these abstract things that were sort of like what I liked about Toby and other people like that. And they were like small and sort of uh, hypnotic. And, and then I felt like it wasn't me. I felt like mm-hmm. I can do this, but I don't, I don't think this is me either. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a cover band of abstract paintings or something. Right, you know? right and yeah. So then I started finding ways to mess with it, like the, the painting I did. I'm pointing, but uh-huh. cut that part out where I'm pointing. Yeah. Um, there's a painting that would be, I was doing interesting surfaces where I was like doing things that were abstract and stuff was happening with paint. But then I felt like that's not me either, but they uh-huh. were cool and people liked them. So then I, um, one of those, I then just took a knife and carved a shape of a, the, the, the stupidest drawing of a dog you could do. Yeah. I just cut it into the paint. And I uh-huh. thought, all right, now I feel better. And then so I just kept doing paintings like that, carving this stuff uh-huh. into it. So that it allowed me to do these surfaces that were luxurious that I liked, but there was nothing else. Leaving anything else out felt like I was creating, I was like an ambient band or something. Right, right. It was like background. It was like, yeah, like where, where's the singer? You know, yeah, so, yeah. Um, huh. uh, but the impulse was to add like something humorous in a way to it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that there's always been an element of that. Because I feel like as I've really sort of studied and considered what the idea of humor is, because it was definitely a part of the duplex plan, um, it's it's like um, I'm like I, I'm a sociable person. I feel you know, like I, yeah. I like and um, humor is at its at its core is a, is a way there's like a code that's in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not not in the telling of a joke, but in the sense of humor. Right. Where you'll just say an offhand thing mm-hmm. and it's meant to be funny and somebody either gets it or they don't. Mm-hmm. 
And with that little bit of information, sometimes it's like, eh, they didn't really, eh, okay. you might just remain coworkers or you might never go out with that person again or whatever it is. But the sense of humor becomes a founding sort of element in how we have an emotional connection with somebody else. Right. Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's the first sort of socially acceptable level of emotional exchange with somebody. Uh-huh. You know, you said, yeah, yeah. as opposed yeah. to like weeping. Right. You know, you know that, that comes later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think we, we find a comfort level in that, mm-hmm. um, in it's something of our character or something. So, mm-hmm. so it was only later that I realized, oh, yeah, this element of humor has been part of the, it's a way to, it's an outreach into the public. Mm-hmm. I'm not funny for myself. You know, you're funny because that's how you connect to other people. Yeah. yeah. Was growing up was, was, was humor a big part of your household of, of, of your family or? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was certainly, I mean, I think I was like in trouble a lot in high school. I was, you know, I, I was one of those people that could like do absolutely no work in school and get a low B. Uh-huh. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll just do that. And then now we're going to play in a band and we're going to get high this afternoon. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, but I was also kind of the class clown. Oh, you were. Yeah. Okay. So, for whatever that means, but on a more conceptual basis. Yeah. I, I mean, guess, I would yeah. do things in the, in the, you know, I'd organize stupid, like I'd get three friends to between classes, stand in the hallway and all of us <laughs> cough with this in, then cough with that while we're like three feet apart. See if anybody notices. <laughs> <You know>? And <laughs> I'd cor- yeah. little things. Yeah. Yeah. And I did a, speaking of puppets, I did a puppet thing where I'd, I don't know, I, by the last two years of high school, I'd, finished most of the credits I needed to do. So I was mm-hmm. taking all these art classes, yeah. which mostly meant hanging out in some room and we'd play records and paint, you know? Right. But I, I remember going, I could be outside of classrooms and there'd be a window in the door and I would have puppets in the doorway <laughs> until I'd get yelled at and chased <laughs> yeah. away. So um, I can't remember. And I do remember getting in trouble in earlier, like in seventh grade for, oh, there was a teacher he was kind of, an, he was one of these guys who'd be teaching like uh, driver's ed in the summer. So he was mm-hmm. like, uh, just an angry guy. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know what class it was, but he did something and I was laughing at what he did. And then it turns out nobody else was laughing. <laughs> so it was like okay. Greenberger, you know, so he made me <laughs> go to the window for the entire class and laugh out the window. Really? Yeah. That, the, ah, and it made the school paper. So, so whatever it was, <laughs> I went back a ways, uh-huh. so. Yeah. Huh. It's yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious about all this. Cause I, I like that the lead up to, to starting the, the zine is I kind of, I'm curious about, you know, of what, like what, what you were thinking, uh, you know, the kinds of things you were thinking in, uh, art school, the kind of paintings you're making, because it seems like, like when you, so you get a job at the, the nursing home, right. Yeah, As was- a, Activities, activities director. Yep. Yeah, so you were supposed to be like in making activities, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> like like today we're gonna do something or what? What um, when you got the job? Like what? Um, so you graduate, you get your bachelor's of fine arts. Yeah, yeah, and then um, you're looking for a job. I'm imagining, and is that the first thing that comes up, or is there? Well, a little, I just thought a few I few years. I mean, I was sort of like. I still wasn't taking things deeply seriously. I, I don't know. I don't know when you ever do. But uh, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I was scooping ice cream. I, 
then I was working, oh, maybe this was after the duplex. Yeah, I worked at a friend's record label. Um, but yeah, I was, oh, I had had an experience where I hung out with an old guy who okay. wasn't in my family. And that sort of directly led me to thinking, I'd like to have more of that on a personal level. I'd like to yeah. know more about that. And what that was, um, was a trip that I took to Palm Springs, mm. uh, California. My grandmother um, would spend the, the winters out there. She lived in Chicago. And um, so this is in the mid-70s, maybe seven. So she was all of 70 years old. She's the age I practically am now. So, but she would go out there with her, an older sister who was in her 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, she would then have one of her grandchildren. She'd fly you out there and then give you like 500, whatever it was, a bunch of money and drive your her Oldsmobile back by yourself to Chicago for her. And then she'd fly back to okay. her sister. So it was on one of those trips. She flew me out there and then you spend a couple of days hanging out with the grandma in Palm Springs. And uh, I met this guy, Herb, and Herb and Hannah were friends of my grandmother's, I think back to her youth. And they lived in Palm Springs year round. But I hung out with Herb. Um, and, you know, memory is a unreliable thing. So it probably was less time than it's become in my head because yeah. I've deleted everything else. <laughs> right. my yeah. But I hung out with him and we went to like flea markets and we bought fish for dinner. And, and um, he would, you know, I was like, oh, hey, what kind of paintings do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, we talk, which was completely different than what my grandmother would be. It's like, oh, art's good. You're going to be able to get a job. I mean, so yeah. I realized within the, I had had no experience of meeting somebody who was a couple generations older than me who wasn't in my family. Yeah. And the, I was seeing the limits, but also the usefulness of the familial dynamic. You want somebody who's going to say, whoa, don't walk so close to the edge of the cliff. Mm-hmm. But then you also want somebody who's going to say, hey, let's go have some, what are you doing? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I realized that di- in this, the dynamic of hanging out with Herb was exactly the same as anybody, any age. Mm-hmm. We just hung out. Yeah. It had nothing to do with our age. And I thought, wow, that's, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I just thought old people were like my grandparents. But no, my grandparents are going to, part of their job is to make sure I survive and I'm okay. Right, you know? right. And, yeah. and Herb's not invested in me that way. <laughs> so we just hung out. You were just a friend. Yeah, yeah. So I thought I need, I want to do more of that. And then I, somebody else who'd gone to Mass Art, um, I think I'd been working at this uh, at a nursing home and was going to be leaving the job. And somebody, oh, there's a job there. Uh-huh. And it was not a big deal job to get. It was like, a, you know, it wasn't minimum wage. It wasn't that a big deal. You didn't need a degree in anything. Yeah. Um, and, but as soon as I um, started, it was like, wow, I love this place. I love what these people are saying. It was, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was an unusual place by the late 70s. And it's a place that's all gone now. It was a oh, converted wow. house. Oh, okay. Which is how nursing homes started. And they would just be in a neighborhood. Um, how many? So it couldn't have been very many. Four, 45 bed. Oh, wow. Um, it, was an, okay. it was called so it was a duplex a big house. nursing home. Well, it was it had been a duplex house. Okay. So it would have had the two doors and would have had a yeah. wall on the middle. They took that out. So they were like, the stairs were double wide. So it got converted probably in the 1940s or 50s into mm-hmm. a nursing home. Yeah. And within this neighborhood in Jamaica Plain, yeah, um, there were like yeah. four nursing homes within walking huh. distance of each other. They're all gone. They were all beginning to close. Once um, Medicare came in, it made larger for-profit things make more sense to do a bigger thing on the outskirts of town. Right. Um, and so 
this was the tail end of that of that that era, and it was all men at this nursing home too. It was a forty-five mm-hmm. bed, all male, and um, you know, without going too far into like what I've learned in ob- observing about the social realm and the nature of nursing homes and stuff, the loss that we think of is like, oh, geez, these are, they, how nice they lived in Jamaica Plain. They could walk down the street and they can go get a cigar or an ice cream or mm-hmm. the post office, but so the loss. For them, and going to a place where there's 400 beds, and you're like, you have to on the outskirts. The loss is for the neighborhood too, because across the street were like a family and like little kids. Uh, mm-hmm. there, there were these two girls who lived there who were like 11 and 13. They'd see the guys outside. They come and talk to them, mm-hmm. and they were exposed to old people who weren't in their family. So right. you're not tied. You're not the other. The other limitation, but also a portal of sorts on the familial dynamic and aging is that our own mortality is tied up in watching each generation age. It's like right. when it's your grandparents, like, oh, well, grandma's dead. It's like, well, that's still far away. But then when it's your parents, it's like, oh, whoa, besides the loss. And then it's like, oh, now my friends are dying. So yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, that's yeah. going to happen to me too. So um, when it's somebody you're not related to, you're not really, your mortality isn't even in the in the picture. You're just mm-hmm. hanging out. You're just talking. Yeah, yeah. Um so you start there and um at some point you decide that like the conversations you're having are more important than what you're maybe thinking about as a painter. Is that kind of what happens or Yeah, um well actually I would say from the moment I set foot in there, I was writing stuff down. Really? It was like, wow. And then it wasn't until later, maybe a couple years into doing this, that friends that I, I don't know if that sound will be in there. Yeah. Maybe we should pause. <laughs> yeah. I started writing things down immediately upon setting foot in there and then sort of started the duplex planet like, Within the first month, really, I didn't know it what it would quick. be. I didn't know, I didn't know what it would, who it would be for or anything. But <clears throat> it was later on that friends who I'd known in high school saw, and they were like, "Yeah, of course you do. That's what you were doing in high school." It's like, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> so with all those little notebooks I had, I was writing down things that people said. Uh huh. So like, oh, so oh, I don't. I'm not really getting any wider. I'm just staying in one spot and digging a deeper hole. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but what um, was the, did you have any like was there um, le- hesitation about it, or you just knew right away that I didn't like, know what it was. I, you, I knew that. Uh-huh. I guess the the starting point on all of these endeavors are f- for me. You know, yeah. you know, my, so like my little notebooks that I kept night, that was all for me. And mm-hmm. so this idea that I wanted to meet other people like that was for me, you know, in my own explorations. And then the artist side of me then sort of says, well, what can be shaped into something that I can communicate back out into the world? Mm-hmm. And so the first issue that I did was like eight and a half by 11 sheets stapled in the corner. Yeah. Just, you know. And I was like, and I liked it. I thought this is kind of cool stuff because it was not oral history. It was not, it was people mm-hmm. saying, you know, uh, yeah, the moon is covered by the sky or, you know, just <laughs> they would say things or I would talk 
but then bought stuff that was not traditional oral history. And so yeah. I got them all together the, as an activity then and handed them out to them. And they were like, they were like, could have cared less. Like, <laughs> you, so you I, showed them the, the yeah, first I, copy? Well, that's what I thought it was for. I was like, yeah, oh, right, okay. so I got to do an activity. So I'll type these things up that I like uh-huh. and I'll give it to them. But it's like, why would they care that I was touched by some offhand remark yeah. It was their response to some ridiculous thing that I said. Mm-hmm. They actually would have liked the thing that I actually wasn't doing, which was like, and here's what I did in the war. Right, you know, right. You know, so yeah. I wasn't making that. So they they liked me and they liked the goofy things I'd say, mm-hmm. but they certainly didn't need this thing. And yeah. So um, that evening, though, I, the apart- I lived in an apartment with a few other people. I brought it home and uh, people were reading it and they were like, this is fantastic. They were like reading out loud to each other. And I thought, oh, right. It's not for them. It's for everybody else. <laughs> it's for everybody. Yeah. So, okay. so then I then I sort of finessed its appearance little by little over the first few issues. And mm-hmm. with, by, within the first six or eight issues, uh, maybe by the 10th issue, I was getting some attention for it, like in arts magazines and stuff. And, really? Um, it's that quickly? That's why, that's interesting. Yeah, I would just, send it to people and um, uh-huh. it touched something so it would get noticed because it was unusual. And my impetus for doing it was not um, anything from the world of, of zines at all. It was because of like artists' books uh-huh. and print. So that was really big for me. Even a couple of years, even before I went to art school, I was like, found out about artists' books and I was ordering stuff from printed matter. Right, right. And yeah. um, it was like, wow. And actually it was an, it was a, interview with Ed Ruscher where he was talking about one of his books, you know, Nine Swimming Pools or The Park mm-hmm. and all the Yeah. And he said, he said something about how great it was, this feeling of having these stacks of the, just back from the printer on a table in front of him. And I thought, ooh, I want that feeling too. Uh-huh. So I thought, yeah, I got all these paintings leaning all over the place, but I could just get something printed, have a whole stack of them and just get them out of here. <laughs> um, and, uh, so that was, you know, my, I had done a couple of things before that, that I got printed that weren't at all the duplex planet, but there were little forays mm-hmm. into artist book stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was really what I was thinking about when I did it. It was like, oh, they'll carry this in printed matter. Oh, so it was uh, more like an artist book than a that, zine. Well, that's how I thought of it. That's, yeah. But that's, you know, in my head, but other people then were seeing, oh, this is part of the zine world. And, you know, that's however, uh-huh. wherever it lands on somebody is. And that didn't bother you? That. No, no. If I was asked to describe it, I would describe it as I just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I, I thought about that. Like, and I, I thought I was thinking about it last night. Um, because I, I was so, because it's so, it, 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 it is so, it is such a, a peculiar, thing in a way, right? Yeah. Um. So, um. I was trying to figure out, like, on the way up, like, what. Who did you, did you think what would the audience would be for it? Or was it really, well, like we were talking earlier, like, so humor is the way in, right? For, I think for that. I think, well, yeah, a sort of a, and I also, by the time there were maybe a dozen issues, I, I felt like it was this other thing that I felt like I was, because it was this one world that I now am describing this world mm-hmm. as I see it, you know, yeah. as, as they interact with me. Yeah. And so it was important to me that it be conversational. And so it wasn't 
interview based. So people were saying things in response to, to me uniquely mm-hmm. to me as it would happen with any conversation. And so I felt like I was, they, they were once a month. So I felt like the temporal element was like, if, if you were, people were subscribing to it. And so it would sort of sketch in this place little by little. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, Oh, okay. So, Oh, Bill Neamey's always whining about that or whatever <laughs> would, something would be, you yeah. know? And, um, I felt like it was, um, sketching something in. Um, okay. And, and that, and that, and actually by the 10th or 12th issue, somebody had died and was oh in there. God. And then I'd hear yeah. like, from somebody like, Oh, Arthur's dead. I like, Whoa. So I felt like, Oh, they felt some form of, Somebody they never met, but it was like, oh, he's, he, there was a loss, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I felt like that's when I, I was seeing what was happening and I was getting a better way to articulate what I wanted to have happen. And mm-hmm. I was sort of nailing that down more. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So I, I had no idea that right away that it started happening. That's like really fascinating. But yeah, then, it's just because so I like oh, those kinds of... Um, Overheard bits of conversation yeah, yeah. out of context. Yeah. But you, so you worked there for five years, was it? Uh, or four? But three, three or three or four years. Yeah. I think four years. Yeah. 79 to 83. Yeah. I'd be, yeah. By 83, I was done. And at 84, I moved out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but in that whole time, you're just recording, making notes. Yeah. I didn't do any audio recording. I was writing it all down. Oh, you didn't do any yeah. audio recording. Yeah. Oh, that okay. only occurred to me later. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so from your, from all those notes, you end up with, cause it goes on to 2010. Right. Well, actually the, my years of the duplex would have gone through the first, uh, I mean, I continued, the, the duplex nursing home then closed. I moved yeah. in 84 and 87, the home closed. But up until then, I would go back and see the, Oh, okay, them. okay. So I would still go there. But but once I moved here, then I started, I did something in Schenectady for the museum. I, I went to a couple locations mm-hmm. at, at some program that they had. Okay. So I started bringing in other people into it. Um, and so somewhere along, and I was still writing stuff down. I felt like people would talk differently if I was recording them. Which yeah. It's up to, it's up to me or it's up to you to like put somebody at ease so they don't. You know? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but at first I was avoiding that. And I could also, I would write really fast, messy, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'd have to like clean it up right away or I had no idea yeah. what I wrote. I also got good at sort of slowing somebody down by saying, oh yeah, that was, uh, uh, yeah, I would sort of hold the floor with nothing yeah. while I'm quickly writing. Uh-huh. So they're all sort of, you know, uh, solutions, uh, poor solutions to a problem that could have been handled with a recorder. But <laughs> yeah. Once I started doing stuff out of town uh-huh. where I was going to see people more than once a lot of times. Mm-hmm. In this place, I was seeing the same people over and over. Over, over and over. Years. Yeah. But once I would do things... Um, I started doing projects as, you know, artist residencies and stuff. I was going to see people oftentimes just once. So that's mm-hmm. when I started recording. Recording. Them. I thought I need to just get all I can and really be focused on yeah. them and the conversation. Right. Huh. Well, that's, okay. I just, that's, huh. Okay. So you didn't, none of that was, it was just from years of your writings that. Yeah. Year. Well, I'd write it down, then it would become the next issue. So I was always yeah. just, just kind of working on stuff. And, yeah. And, um, 
I did make a few recordings, just odds and ends. Like, you know, there would be their own separate little projects, mm-hmm. but they weren't the duplex planet. Like I would have people, I would recite the lyrics to a song that a friend had recorded. Like I'd hand the lyrics to somebody mm-hmm. and have them read it. Yeah. And it would just be, I'd send it to the friend as a gift. Yeah. So one thing I was curious about with, with uh, the earnest uh, noise, is it Brookings? Brookings, yeah. His, his poetry. And then like, I remember as a, as a kid, there was a, I mean, you've put out a lot of things with the, his like lyrics mm-hmm. and I was wondering, like, did, did he know that that was like a, gonna happen with mm-hmm. like so yeah it's just like i was curious about your like relationship like w- like with them as these like participants in in the art that that's like something i was i was wondering about yeah well actually yeah that's a good ernie's a good example that's a good one because yeah. he sort of is known outside of the duplex planet as is uh, ken eglin who did the music reviews mm-hmm. um but uh, Ernie um, was writing poetry. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't writing his own poetry. He was copying poetry out of magazines and then giving it to the nurses. Um, um, and um, I said, "Do you ever write your own poetry?" Uh-huh. And I wasn't like I was trying to have yeah. senior citizen poetry day or something. Right, right. Um, yeah. Um, but he. He just would always say, what should I write about? And I would say, you know, I don't know, a trip to the moon. And I would tell him a thing You'd and he give would him write a, a poem. Yeah. And then he'd give it to me the next day and then he'd say, what now, what should I write about? And then so it was like, is this all it took? So he was, <laughs> I, in a way, I think he stands as an example of like, uh-huh. uh, um, the of of aging in a really positive way. It's sort of like, oh, there's a new thing to do? Let me do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and then so a small press, like a beautiful sort of letter press outfit mm-hmm. in uh, Boston, did a book of, of Ernie's. Oh, really? Um, that came out in 83 called We Did Not Plummet Into mm-hmm. Space. Oh, and, okay. Uh, and it was this beautiful book. And so he was, you know, I had a, photog- a photo session for the cover of it. And, yeah. And, uh, and uh, there was a whole event held at a church that he would go to for mm-hmm. their senior luncheons where the elderly woman from the church made baked goods. But then it was written up in, I think the Boston Phoenix was the arts paper. So like young like hipsters and stuff all came and there's old ladies from the church and uh-huh. people from bands in Boston. They're all like there for the book signing. Yeah. And uh, that's incredible. And he, he liked all that. And yeah. then, then I started doing, because the band I was in, Men and Volts, did a song mm-hmm. um, using his poetry as the lyrics. And then I, another a friend's band, the Incredible Casuals, did one. And I thought, oh. Maybe a bunch of people do this, and mm-hmm. it, there was no shortage of people that wanted right, to do it. Right. And, um, yeah. So, Ernie, I would play him those, but he, I, he died. He died, I think, before the first volume came out. Oh, but he knew about okay. it because yeah. I remember playing him one that my friend Chuck Bell did uh, called "Trains." When oh, he wrote a thank you note, mm-hmm. he wrote a thank you note to Chuck saying, "Thank you for the rock and roll rumba synchronization to my poem." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's so interesting. Like, I mean, walking in there, you must have felt like this was like some, in some way, like some weird data, like, 
gift in a way. I don't know. Like, yeah. Be able to like yeah, that's give exactly. like a prompt. And then it's like, and then he just starts writing and it's just these like wild, like weird things that come out. Yeah. yeah. The whole place was like that for me. Yeah. I just, I mean, and it, it fit my own uh, interest and inclination. Somebody else could go in there and go like, oh, geez, it was mm-hmm. kind of depressing. These guys, they don't have any family. Kind of someone kind of smells, uh, whatever. So yeah. none of that was a part of it for me. It was all like, mm-hmm. you know, like, wow, this is so great. Uh, yeah. Um, and they were all, they were finding some upbeat way to kind of live out. I mean, it was 44 men. I think there were only two uh, private, mm-hmm. uh, private paid um, people. The rest of them were all on various you know, military pensions. Or, yeah. Um, Medicaid or something. And there was a high incidence of like alcohol related disabilities, like the weird gait that from, they weren't drinking anymore, but like years. And very few of them had family interaction. A few of them did. So by most measures that even they would know about, they were, they were not successful. Mm -hmm. Um, They were sort of like, bottomed out in one way or another, either ah, drinking okay. or jobs or they had various problems. But they were all here sort of like happily kind of like accepting their, their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought, wow, there's something, mm-hmm. there's something in, in that that was just um, uplifting to be around. Okay. That they're like, they're, they're okay. I mean, mm-hmm. whatever measure other people are looking at them through, whether their physical limitations or that they, by some other measure, made a wreck of their lives, which maybe they didn't, you know, mm-hmm. um, that that wasn't a defining thing for them. Right. It didn't seem, you know, yeah. it seemed like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one, the, the, the other thing I, I wanted to ask about, though, that with, and I think we're kind of wrapping up with, with that, that part, but just in terms of like the, the way that, um the the conversations with them became became what what you were how you were presenting yourself as an artist um but the the way the questions are i just found so you did it take a minute to 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 figure out like you know as the as um as the artist, like what style of question would, would get an interesting response or, cause they seem like, so like they're, and they're funny too. Like, like, like when I was reading, um, like what causes headaches, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's a funny, that's a kind of, that's a really like, to me, a very humorous question, but then it's like the response is like, so. It's open. Well, I found it. I think I'd get an idea for an issue that I'd want to do, like on a certain uh-huh. theme. Um, and sometimes it would be like, there'd be one on mothers or something. People yeah. would say like, oh, geez, I don't remember, but I was just thankful to have a mother. You know, yeah. so I mean, there's some really beautiful things that were said. Yeah. So, but I think that a lot of the time I learned, like if I wanted to know, like there was an issue, romance or something would have shown mm-hmm. up in different ones. Okay. But if you ask somebody like, tell me about your wedding. They're going to mm-hmm. tell the story that they've told over and over again. Yeah. So if I find some different way of 
asking something who invented kissing i don't know you, you, you <laughs> right, ask yeah. something in a different yeah. way it'll touch on that and they'll find a way in without telling their usual mm-hmm. the, the often told story right like the rehearsed story yeah 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 they're just a, because we all have our set things that we say yeah what i said what i've said before <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i mean it was just it was like they and that's where I were, we were talking earlier about like the way that you use humor, you know, and it just seemed like the foundation of at least in some part of the 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 way into the duplex planet was through this element of humor of like, wow, this is really, you know, it's not like, you know, it, it's it's different than like a David Sedaris book where it's like, you're just hysterical, but they're just like odd, you know, it's like, Oh, there's something very interesting here. Mm. Like with the question, like, like what do robots do or what can robots yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're open-ended and, and yeah. you're, I mean, yeah, the, you're right in, in seeing that. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like niece. Like, it's more just a gentle kind of, mm-hmm. it makes for a gentle front door to, to step yeah, into yeah. it because to see how uh, their mind works. Well, not only that, but yeah. if if the defining thing is these are conversations at a nursing home, if that's what you know, it's like, whoa, I don't know if I know. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to think, oh, geez, my leg hurts or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Um, or it's about mortality or, or mm-hmm. something. The defining words there that people back away from are nursing home and old people or something. Mm-hmm. So as much as I can make a sort of gentle thing where it seems like, He's an interesting guy. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like what I would say. So it removes whatever's the off-putting thing Mm -hmm. that, and and makes it much more um, universal. As odd as it is. Yeah. 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 I just was really laughing last night because it's like you you had like a kind of two like seemed like there was like at least in the the one I was reading and a couple of the other ones I had at home like there was like a there was a like a you had like a way in one like like who is the best president right and then oh. sometimes you would follow up with something just slightly more open ended <coughs> once they're talking so i found that kind of interesting uh strategy i guess too. Yeah, and it, some of it was trial and error, too. I'd find one thing wouldn't work a certain way, but it would then make for, there'd be variety in each issue. So some yeah. of it would be just, you know, who's your favorite comedian? People would be naming people I never heard of. Yeah, know. yeah. It's like, are those really comedians? Or <laughs> um, but um, there was so one last just night. a litany of yeah. names sometimes. Yeah. Is, yeah, there was one last night with, with this this gentleman here. I forget his name. Oh, Fergie. 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 Yeah. And... He he was talking about some opera singer, and it was like this name that I thought was clearly made up. Oh, the thing about Phil Spicconi and the firecracker and the, the no, it okay. wasn't that, but uh, it was just like. Yeah. And then I looked up; and it was like a real opera singer. I was like, <laughs> it was really, it was, it surprised me. Yeah, um, there was somebody. There was like uh, this guy, Bill Nemi, told me about. It. He said, "Oh, the, he was talking this kind of slow. He said, oh, there was this this movie, uh, The Phantom of Crestwood." Mm-hmm. And they had these, he's going on and about the whole thing of that Phantom of Crestwood. So I made like a, I did an issue where I did like a, 
Phantom of Crestwood cover or something. Uh-huh. Because I thought this does, I looked up, yeah, there's a movie, Phantom of Crestwood. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you surprised as it grew that it, it became all these other things, like the comics and the, or did that just seem like a, a um, like a, a natural extension of, um, of the of It the was work. sort of just um, uh, proximity and, and access to things. So I had a lot of friends mm-hmm. who were doing comic books. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I could script some of these things. And um, Harvey Picard had done this thing that was scripted and there, somebody else was. So, and a lot of these friends were being published by Fantagraphics. And, yeah. Uh, I pitched it to them and they said, yeah, okay. And, uh, and already like Dan Klaus and other people were, I'd already, I'd already done some stuff with Dan Klaus for eight ball where mm-hmm. you know, he was using duplex planet material. Um, so it was really just um, mm-hmm. that um, we were in the same orbit together. Okay. So it's more just like, Hey, let's just do something. We're all here in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And this is all kind of happening in Boston area or no, no you were no. up here. At- yeah. I was by the comic book was in the nineties. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was here. Uh, the comic book stuff, a lot of them were in Chicago at the time. Dan Klaus, Gary Lieb, mm. Terry LeBan, um, Chris Ware. Mm-hmm. They were all in Chicago. Okay. So I kind of got to know some of them from being out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then it ends in 2010. 2010? Seems right. Seems right. <laughs> what, what, what brought it to that, that point, I um, guess? For the last 15 years of it, I was also doing these monologues with music. Mm-hmm. And they were happening in a parallel way. But I was finding that the monologues with music, whether recordings or performances, uh, there were many more recordings than performances, um, was functioning in an artful way by my definition, much better than the the duplex. Mm-hmm. I because it was ab, much more abstract. Mm-hmm. I'm clearly not an elderly woman. If I'm talking in first person, saying, "Well, my husband came home and he helped me with these bags," and yeah. I'm not act, I'm not an actor, and I'm not you know. So and and with the addition of music, it created a sort of emotional setting that was not a documentary because it didn't happen like that. I mm-hmm. made something else, but. It forced people to be not haunted by, but to have these things linger. Like, I'm still thinking about that. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the words on the page, it was metaphorically and actually you can just close the cover on. It's like, that was funny. That was nice. Ernie, Mm -hmm. or another good one from Ernie. Or Fergie went crazy again. Boom. Mm -hmm. And you're done. Yeah. And um, and that's the nature of words on, on... printed on the page. It's the nature of photography, you know, seeing pictures. So by removing all of that, it's a temporal art. And it's like, what did he say? You know, it's like, oh. Um, and it, I felt like it created something that gets people to the place that sometimes they don't want to be, but I feel like is what the art is, which is where somebody says, I, you know, I don't know what it's about, but I can't stop thinking about it. And people will a lot of times say that apologetically, like they have failed because mm-hmm. in our educational system, the idea is you're supposed to know what something is. Right. And I feel like at its best, sometimes you don't know what an art thing is. You might know later. You might, mm-hmm. and and people say, "What does it mean?" It's like, well, I, you know, you don't want to answer that. It's like, it's like 
I almost want to tell people if they are just sort of floating with it and they don't know where to land, it's like, I hope you get to stay there a while. That's a good place to be. Right. But we're not given a lot of examples or encouragement. Like in young, I mean, everything when you're, we're in public school and stuff and growing up is about getting the answer right. Mm-hmm. So encountering something that, that you've read or seen or, you know, somehow present for and not knowing what it is in some ways has people feel like, I just, you know, I sort of like being there, but I don't know what it was. And they feel bad. And, yeah. And it's like, that's, you're getting at what it is. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Soak in that. But yeah, you know, you, uh, that's just, I mean, that's just a cultural um, fact, you know, yeah. that, of how things are, but where I wanted to direct my uh, efforts um, and, and endeavors was into that mm-hmm. area more than, so with these two parallel things going on with the audio things and the printed things, I just thought the printed things, I'm now just filling in the thing. It's the same. It, I'm, I'm, it's a loop. Mm-hmm. And, and I, people aren't necessarily going into the, into this abstraction in that same way. People do get things out of it in a meaningful way, sometimes much later, as we were saying before. But um, I just thought, I had, before that, I thought, I guess I'll just do this for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I thought, then I stopped and I felt, yeah, it's okay. Because I've got this other thing. that I, Yeah. It, it, it's almost like with the painting and the duplex planet. If I'm putting, if I'm dividing my energies, what, yeah. what's happening there? So Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, actually I have a similar feeling. You know, I feel the same about, um, you know, when I'm, when I've done music in the past, I feel like it takes away from the visual things I do. So, I, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like I need to hone in on one. Um, so the return to painting and drawing, was that just natural? Did you feel like, oh, I'll just, was there any impetus in like returning um, to that? Yeah, there were a collage couple. Collage work and. Yeah, one, uh, there were a couple things. One was. Like, geez, you know, it, it's always like, um, well, you know, in the, I mean, it's a, it's a struggle, you know, to, to just, you know, try and have this thing, you will make a living. It's not like my hobby. I'm not doing it outside of something else. So, so I thought I need to do something else. So in my, again, non-commercial way, it's like, well, let me do drawings. Yeah. That'll save me. And, uh, yeah. um, and actually, so I came up with these ideas. So the drawings that I started, um, I just, I, and I, they're all, they're all like seven, they're all on bigger paper, but the image area is like seven and a quarter square mm-hmm. because I traced around a cardboard that came with a 45 and I still, and I do it on like a nine by 12 paper. And I went back to sort of what I was doing before with sort of abstract things or lists or words. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the, the starting point. And the starting point too was on a, um, uh, cruise with Barbara's family. Her parents took everybody on a cruise. And uh, so the first, they did that, then they want to do it again. That was in maybe 2007. Yeah, 2006, five, six, seven, something like that. So we're doing it again. So um, <laughs> as somebody once said, it's like, no, you're supposed to say, they. you're supposed to thank them for that. They take it, they take it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next year was like, oh man, 
So then we just made some decisions. Barbara and I was like, well, we'll pay the upcharge and we'll go into the restaurant where you wear a jacket. I don't want to be wearing, you know, I'm not going to do endless um, Sundays and sweatpants yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, and I think, you know what, I'm going to bring paper and I'm going to do drawing. Because mm-hmm. I thought, what am I going to do this whole time? I don't want right. to have all these act. So that's when I started. Oh, on wow. the cruise, so I brought paper with me. And and I brought that size paper because I could just bring it easily in a suitcase. small, yeah. Yeah. And then I just stuck with that mm-hmm. size. And then as I have done thousands and thousands of them, I also then came up with this idea that there were uh, the drawings are priced the same as my age. Yeah. And so that sort of fit with this idea of just making a fair wage for my efforts. I thought, you know, they take me like half hour, something, you know, maybe it's, maybe some a little bit longer, maybe 20 minutes, maybe one took an hour. Average out. And I thought if I can make about what somebody's making to design websites, mm-hmm. a freelance thing, like then that, that's all right. Then that's a fair wage for my efforts. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I don't know, I, what I would call like ego pricing, where somebody just says, and at, uh, I want uh, $3,500 for that. So and somebody's like, who's not like making a living from it. It's like, well, how uh, how long did it take you? Well, I did it this afternoon. So, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. so you get like $1,200 an hour. It's like, well, no, no, But that's just what you'd get for a painting that size. It's like, that's what some people get, but you, you apparently don't really want the right. money. Right, right. You yeah. want the gratification that you are somebody who could be doing a painting at that level. Mm-hmm. And maybe one person will tell you yes. But right. I, I, that's not what I, my needs are like, great. You know, I, mm-hmm. here's affordable stuff. And which goes up at a rate that's a less, it's a smaller percentage each year. Mm-hmm. If I would have been doing it when I was five and went to six, it'd be like a 20% increase. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. now it's like a tiny percentage each yeah, year. Yeah. Um, it's a funny way to think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really. But I still feel like, yeah, I'm making mm-hmm. a fair. Uh, wage for it, and, and it's affordable for people can get something. Some people said you should charge more, and then people will want it more. It's like, yeah, I don't know, I'm not gonna. Right, I always that find might it be true. Uh, like I, I of sub of similar mindset of, I like to keep it low. So if I'm more satisfied that someone actually wants it, yeah, you know, and then they can take it home. You know, what am I going to do with this thing? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean that it's all about process. Yeah. Right. When you're done with it, it's like. Now it's an encumbrance. Where do I put it? Right. <laughs> the fun part was making it. Now I, uh, now I got to make another one because I got nothing to do again. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm always. Yeah. I feel. Um, give. You know. Let it go. Um, I, I, I like that. These things get out there, and somebody's paid. Well, I don't know when I was starting. He's like fifty-four dollars. Now they're paying sixty-nine dollars. And some of the other things are priced differently than that, but um, they're priced cheap enough that. If it was $600, they'd immediately make sure it's framed, Mm acid-free. And and it's like, at this level, it's going to be protected based on the merits of what they care about it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. if they want to like put it under magnets on the refrigerator, it's their thing. I don't know if they want to crumple, if they want to play tic-tac-toe on it, whatever they want to do, it's (laughs) fine. Uh, It's like, it's no longer mine. I made it. Yeah, yeah. They paid me a fair wage for my time. Uh And, um... You know, if somebody, and so when somebody does frame, it's like, wow, they really like that thing. Mm -hmm. They weren't doing it because it's valuable and I got to protect it. Mm. They're saying it's valuable because I like it. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Wow. Um, Well, I think we said it all. I don't know. 
can't think of anything else. I don't know what I missed. But um, thank you for sure. talking to me. Sure. And uh, it was really, yeah, quite an honor. Thank you. Oh, thanks for including me in this whole series. As always, thank you for listening. And uh, if you like that, please share it. Uh, tell a friend and uh, subscribe or do whatever you got to do, I guess. And uh, I probably should say um, this, uh, this podcast is now uh, partially supported by the New York State Council for the Arts. Uh, I think that's who it is. I don't know. But enjoy.